Morning, team. Thursday morning in London town. Lovely, actually. Do you know, I slept like a log last night. Slept like a log. I went to bed quite early. I, I got to, because I'd used my uh, halogen oven yesterday. And I'll have to ask Paul Savory good morning. Good morning. Because I'm, there's one thing I'm not sure about with it. OK, I've managed to do so far garlic bread, which is not... You just lay it out on the thing and it, it doesn't take very long at all. That, that's quite good. I've managed to uh, do some pasties. I don't make these things. I just buy them and put them in there. And <laughs> the other night I did one of Marks and Spencer's. It's their... Not their deli range, but it's a... Their sort of cafe thing. And it was a lovely uh, lamb hot pot with potato and cheese on the top and all the rest of it. So I put it in there and it does it probably in about 30 minutes. The problem is it cooks the top so hard it was like going through a creme brulee. The rest of it was all cooked. Do you have to put something over the top of the thing? Do you put a piece of tin foil? No, are you using your, um, the stand inside? Yes, but I'm using the low stand. You're using the low stand. Yeah, and it cooked the top. Now, I'm not sure whether or not, if you put something over the top of food that you're cooking in there, whether or not it will just, it, it won't burn it. Well, if I was you, if you're finding it's cooking the, the top too much, uh, uh, don't put a stand in there. Oh, right, just put it on just the... put it on the glass on the bottom. Right. It's dead easy, though. I haven't cleaned it, it yet. Have you not? Well, I don't, I don't need to, because I haven't actually made anything in the glass bowl that warrants, you know... I've done a couple of chickens. Really? Oh, have you... Re- now, you see, Alan yeah. Dodgen said that was good for that. Very good. Does it work? Yes. You watch some crisping? Yes, you do. Oh, t- well... <laughs> nothing better than a crispy <laughs> chicken, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I haven't stood there watching it, you understand. I've got better things to do. Oh, really? Oh, I do. <laughs> Does yours turn itself on and off? Yes. Yeah. Because when mine first it's did it, I thought, it's, I thought it's broken. I thought already the bloody thing's broken. But it turns on and off. And, and I do go in there because the kitchen now looks like Roswell. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the whole kitchen glows. And Amanda admitted to me this morning she's managed to do some toast in her. Yeah, she said she'd done toast. So for her being a... She, she, she's a vegetarian, yeah, so... she's scared of it. You know what vegetarians are like? You know, it's all sandals and caftans and sort of... Yeah, mustn't you can't tread really on do mouse. salad in it, can you? You can't do a salad well, in you, it. I suppose you could. You could do a lot of salads so long as you don't turn it on. <laughs> she said she's scared. I'm not so... Actually, the funny thing is, it's, there's nothing scary about it. Once you put the thing in there, I just tur- turn the timer on and leave it. It's not going to blow up. No, you won't have seen anything like it, but I've no- It's got a fan in there, mm. and it's got this, this halogen light, and that's it. And it's... I mean, it was very good yesterday. I was quite impressed. <laughs> except you burn your top too much. Yes, except I'm burning my top too much. So I'm thinking that maybe you need to put a bit of tin foil over the top. Well, you could. Yeah, just to, just to stop it burning, I suppose, actually. I suppose. Anyways, nice to be company. I trust you are, uh, well. Uh, I did read a thing the other day because it actually sums it up very well. And the reason I'm throwing it away at the beginning of the programme is because I would like uh, some more of your photographs because we have got now the Steve Allen Rogues Gallery from yesterday. Mm-hmm. We've actually managed to put up a few pictures. We asked people to send in pictures, mainly because on my iPhone, I've discovered I could send, I could take pictures, and then I can now email them to people, which you couldn't do before. Oh, you've got the new one. I've got. Well, no, it's not the new one. There's a new application that goes on, and you've I've downloaded, downloaded the new it, thing, it, so I'm able to send pictures. So we thought we'd see what people look like first thing in the morning. By God, I tell you, it was scary. It was like going down to the police station and discovering all these people. It's like when they say, you know, wanted for, for sort of armed robbery, and you think, well, you've got a picture of them. Why didn't you keep them while they were in here having their picture <laughs> taken? No point in taking the picture and sending them out on the road again. So, so we asked people to send in pictures, and there is a rogues gallery, and it's on the Steve Allen bit of the, uh, of the LBC website. So it's lbc.co.uk uh, forward slash Steve Allen, and then you'll find it there. That'll be exciting for you, because we're looking for more even more to put up there. So if you think you can... Now, listen, we, we, we don't want loads of pictures of babies and pets. 
because Adrian has made a decision that, he, that he's not putting up too many babies and pets. I think there is one, one cat up there and there might be two children, I'm not sure, but that's about it. But we would like pictures of you this morning, so if you can take a picture of yourself on your phone and it's good enough quality and you don't look too frightening, we'll put you up on the Rogues Gallery on the LBC website. Your fame starts here. OK, so it's steve at lbc.co.uk. And we're looking for, for quite a few, actually. I'm hoping to get a, a sneaky pick of Anne Whittacombe next week, because Anne Whittacombe is sitting in for O'Brien. Yes, I know, I heard. And uh, I saw her in yesterday. And she was coming in, I think, to do, we had to tidy the desks and everything. It was all very exciting. So she But presumably she does have mess at home. She must She's have been in here before. She has been here before, but this is a whole week. Yeah, it's a whole and week. Well, we've had to repaint. So she'll get used to them. Well, the canteen has had to be revamped. Uh, the toilets had to be repainted. I mean, the whole thing. We've had to lay down new carpeting. What the whole the dressing thing. rooms. She does have two dressing rooms. Right. Uh, one she changed in when she comes in in the morning because she comes in. She arrives on the back of a motorbike and she's got the all pink cat in, suit, in black leather, black leather. <laughs> now that would be interesting. I, I see that picture actually. <laughs> strangely, so in my I. mind, I don't know why. And then Nick tomorrow, I think, is doing the London Eye. In black leather. In black leather. Quite a bit no, more black this leather. morning, isn't it? Is it this morning? I think so. No, it's tomorrow. No, it's tomorrow. 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 Yeah, I misheard Yeah, he, he's doing tomorrow morning. And he's going around with Boris on it. And yes. I've never done the London Eye. Have you not? Nope, it's never. It's quite good. On a, on a day that's clear, it's good. It's fantastic. Yes, if it's uh, raining, it's rubbish because you can't see anything. Yeah. It's still quite... They're, they're revamping them to put in Wi-Fi and... Air conditioning. But why? I don't know. Because it doesn't make any like sense that. to me. Does it not have air conditioning already? I don't think so. Hmm. Well, it does if you open the door. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. As you're going round. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I must do it. I, I will. I will get round to it at some point. There was a piece just before we asked Paul to start coming up with his little uh, story bits. Uh, it was on the fickle finger of fame. And this was in Metro yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they always pick a person and go, "Oh look, here they were. They were very successful, and now." Oh, they're nothing. What a shame. And the fickle finger of fame yesterday fell on Yuri Geller. Again. Very interesting. 1946, born Georgi Gelat in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. 1967, served as a paratrooper in the Israeli army during the Six-Day War. 1969, worked as a model and nightclub entertainer. Starts bending cutlery, claims then to have uh, psychosynetic powers, psychokinetic powers, whatever they are. Mm. Uh, experts from the Hebrew University in 1970 duplicate all his feats. The Jerusalem Post brands him a fraud. Interesting. 1971 convinces two scientists at the Stanford Research Institute he's got paranormal powers. August, 73, humiliated on the Johnny Carson show, fails to bend any spoons at all because you've got to watch him when he's bending spoons. That's all I'll say. Because the trouble is, lots of magicians bend spoons. And Yuri Geller works as a magician. The trouble is, what he's doing is the same as Darren Brown. He's it's claiming... Yeah, he's actually claiming it's the power of the mind. So people... So, so Darren Brown is convincing you that he's got extrasensory... He's got no more power than my Auntie Enid. It's the power of the fingers. It's the power of the fingers. November... This is after August, being on the Johnny Carson show. He goes on... David Dimbleby's BBC chat show and successfully bends a spoon. Now then, exactly, just went, oh, look, it's bent. <laughs> and we all went, how clever is that? Because if you really want to bend... Oh, no, I won't, I won't tell you. There's lots of books on it anyway. Uh, claims he's hired by the CIA in 75. No proof of this. Uh, buys a Cadillac, decorates it with bent cutlery. Then we start getting all the programmes on the television about kids, and it shows that when, when the kids were not being filmed but with hidden cameras, they were secretly bending the spoons themselves. Uh, moves to Berkshire, semi-retires in 83, claims to make money by helping companies divine for oil. 
1995 is introduced to Michael Jackson by Mohammed El Fayed. This is where it comes in. Um... 1996 invites Euro 96 viewers to press an orange spot on the TV screen to help England beat Germany. We lose. 1997 uses energy crystals to help Exeter City win a crucial fixture. They lose. <laughs> no, not, not, so, not so clever in the power department now. Uh, nine, 2001 renews his wedding vows. Michael Jackson is best man. Also claims to have designed NSYNC's band logo. 2002, by this time he's desperate for more publicity, so he goes on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Comes last. 2004, launches a folding bicycle, the Uri bike. Disappears. <laughs> 2005, falls out with Michael Jackson after allegations of Jacko's anti-Semitism. 2008, denies working with Jackson. I do not speak to Michael anymore, he says. I've not spoken to him for three years. June 2009, Jacko dies. Geller mourns the death of his close friend. I oh, know. July 2009 confirms Jacko is in heaven. Presents an ITV documentary on their friendship. Pile of old rubbish, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it? And that's Yuri Geller summed up. So, you know, Michael Jack... My friend. Yeah, the friend you haven't spoken to for three years. And that's why when Sky asked him, when did you last speak to Michael? Uh, I don't want to answer that question. Because you haven't spoken to him for about five years, had you? In other words, it's another pile of old rubbish from Yuri Geller, I'm afraid. Paul. Steve, you'd be pleased to know that a wife got her revenge on a cheating husband by hatching a plot with his three mistresses to superglue his um, manhood to his stomach. How fabulous. I know. I don't see this US as a problem. Police <laughs> say Tracy Hood Davis, even, though, even the name makes me laugh, <laughs> persuaded rivals Therese Zeman, Michelle Bellevue and Wendy Sewell to get their own back on the, on the husband. Uh, they lured Mr. Davis into the Lakeview Motel near the shores of Lake Winnebago in Wisconsin and tied him naked to the bed and blindfolded him. Good Lord, what a night he thought he was in for. He then heard a knock, was able to partly remove the blindfold and saw his wife and the other two mistresses enter the room. Mrs. Zeman pointed a gun while one of the women glued his penis to his stomach. Good Lord. They then fled, allegedly taking his wallet, mobile phone and car. Ah. Oh. He eventually broke free after chewing through one of the bindings before escaping the room and calling the police. The three have been charged with false imprisonment and Miss Zeman is also charged with sexual assault. Exactly. All were bailed. And misuse of glue. Yes. If you're listening at the moment, don't mess around with that glue. It's not good. Isn't. No, it's not good. So, do you know, I did that the other day. I had to use some of that super glue for something, and I got a bit on my finger. Oh, it's horrible. And I'm going, ah! And you quickly have to separate them as fast as possible, because otherwise it's, uh... Water. Sorry? Just run water onto it. Yeah. But it's just blooming nuisance. Yeah, and it's... You can't pick it off your fingers. No, you can't. Either. You do... I mean, I did open a tube one day, and the whole tube emptied over my hands. Oh. And that was a nightmare. So, luckily, I hadn't put it near anything else, and I kept my fingers well separated and immediately sort of washed it off, again, with, with water. Yeah. You do go quite panicky, because I've heard of people... You know, I've heard of somebody who superglued a false tooth back in. What? Yeah. Oh, onto a denture? No, oh. into their mouth. They just super glued, as opposed to going to the dentist, because they were so terrified, oh. they went and, and, and put a bit of glue on it and stuck this, this thing back in. Amanda did the same when she was three, glued her teeth together. My mother got chewing gum stuck in a bottom once, but that's another story. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't ask how. <laughs> how? <laughs> well, I don't know how. All I know is she told me that when she was younger, they had chewing gum. For some reason, she ended up sitting on it. <laughs> she got chewing gum in a bottom. 
Anyway, well, that's, uh, that's my family for you. Well, new way of blowing bubbles. <laughs> Absolutely. Amanda <laughs> thought it was toothpaste. Very small tube, I should imagine. It's uh, quarter past five. News headlines, more travel chaos at Liverpool Street this morning. Staff at National Express East Anglia have started another 48-hour walkout in the ongoing row about pay and conditions. A man who fired two shots at police officers near Waterloo Station yesterday is still on the run. Officers were treated for minor injuries. A murder investigation started after a man who was attacked near Buckingham Palace died yesterday afternoon. Employers say too many of their staff are using swine flu as an excuse to skive off work. And Andy Warhol's portrait of Michael Jackson is going on display at the O2 Arena before it's flown to New York to be auctioned off. Here's somebody we could never auction off. He's just too valuable, ladies and gentlemen, to his mother. It's Hugh Broom. I would bid. Uh, <laughs> I would. Oh, there you go. Uh, we'll start with the trains, as uh, Steve said there in the news headlines. Industrial action once again. Morning, everybody. 18 minutes past five. So going back just very briefly to the Uri Geller thing, I remember years ago, they put him on the television when they were sort of... They had children who were sort of pretending they had the power to bend metal. And uh, all, all I'll say to you is, look at his belt. OK? That's all I'll say to you. Just look at his belt. Anyway, so they put him on the television and they take him to a country house, this stately home, and they have a big box of cutlery and they say, OK, but we'll, we'll pick something out. So they pick something out, got a choice of all these, and he picks one out and he does the usual thing. He puts it between thumb yeah. and fingers and he goes, look, it, it's, it's melting, it's feeling... And I'm thinking, it's so stupid. <laughs> you know, it's, it's melting, it's melting. And all of a sudden, the bowl fell off. Yes. And then he goes, look, touch it, it's cold. <clears throat> Which, of course, it would be. <clears throat> So they then, when he'd left the room, they took it and they put it under an electron microscope and they showed that the metal had been weakened beforehand by bending it backwards and forwards. In other words, you bend down one way and you get to that stage where you're actually bending it, where you know it's only going to take a little bit of pressure and it's going to fall apart and it will be stone cold. And that's what he'd done. Failing that, use magnets in your television and pretend that you've got the power to alter the television picture. It's always a goodie. Always works every time. Paul. (laughs) Feeling in that kind of mood this morning. I know. Because <laughs> it's Thursday. <clears throat> New television ads in Brazil are encouraging people to save water by urinating. In oh, the no, 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 no. No, I know. No. But Brazilian Euro- environmental group SOS Mata Atlantica says the campaign running on several television stations uses humour to persuade people to reduce their flushes. Oh. You're supposed to do that. Aren't you supposed to put a brick in your system? Isn't that better? Well, you can do. Yeah. Does that, is that uses less water? It uses less water, but oh. it doesn't work quite as well. <laughs> um, the group says, if a household avoids one flush a day, it can save up to 4,380 litres of water annually. Hmm. SOS spokesman said the campaign was a way to be playful about a serious subject. The ads feature cartoon drawings of people from all walks of life, a trapeze artist, a basketball player, even an alien doing their stuff in the shower. Narrated by children's voices, the ad ends with pee in the shower, save the Atlantic forest. See, that's what we like. We like that sort of stuff, actually. Uh, Very quickly, some of the uh, papers this morning are talking about dreary old Jordan. Uh, The Daily Star, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know why it's even classed as a newspaper, because it's A, their stories are terribly old, and B, uh, they're either blatant lies or they've they've just made it up. For example, Jordan names the day she's already bought the dress. No, she hasn't. And no, she isn't. She can't name the day. She's not divorced yet. So this is just total, utter garbage. Uh, They've also said inside, Susan Boyle is to be unveiled as a magazine cover girl for Harper's Bazaar. This is a very, very old story, and it's not a grain of truth in it. She's appearing inside in an interview in Harper's. This is Peter Dyke. We've had to expose Peter Dyke before. This was the man 
who, uh, and I've still got the newspaper at home, claimed that the winner of Big Brother was so-and-so because what he'd done is he hadn't stayed till the end of the show and he put down the wrong winner and they printed it on the front of the Daily Star proving that it was a pile of old garbage, ladies and gentlemen. So he's still going, so she's not going to be a magazine cover girl. She's going to be inside. The Jordan wearing the wedding dress is because she's going to those two... that makeup artist and his boyfriend. Yes. And, uh, and so that's, that's why that's... Uh, not true. What was the other story they had in here, which is another load of... Oh, interestingly enough, they've also got the story of a bloke with uh, Asperger's who is going to be on Britain's Got Talent. I think it's Britain's Got Talent. Um, and already, to drum up interest in the programme, because they've already started recording the show, it starts airing, I think, 22nd of this month. Um, they've said that this is the man who couldn't leave his house for seven years and he's going to be another Susan Boyle. OK, oh. so what they've done is they've started filtering out the, uh, the, the, the publicity and they said, to find out how he does, you'll have to start watching the show. So that's what they're doing. So in other words, the more stupid the people are or the more ill or the more recognised illnesses they have, the more publicity they're going to get in the paper. Susan Boyle has apparently said to an American television interview, she's not going home to where she lives because she's moved on with her life now. And I'm, I'm thinking, nobody's heard you singing live yet, love. Nobody's heard you singing live. I'm afraid they're overdoing these talent shows. I'm they are a little bored bit. with them all. It is a bit I tedious, think we need isn't a it? Break, don't you? Mm. About five years. I do. I do quite enjoy watching, but I know that the terminally stupid, the mentally ill, and people who've just got no talent and are almost a worry. Uh, care in the community people are put on for our entertainment and we laugh. We laugh at somebody coming, and going. You know, uh, what, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing. Um, on the wings of love. On the wings of love! And, and they go, I'm sorry, you're not very good. What do you mean I'm not very good? I won competitions, and I... And then they drag on the fat, bikey parents, and the next thing, all hell breaks out, and you think, they're just put on there for your entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. They're just put on there for you to laugh at, because they are life's simples. Like the three girls yesterday. You remember the ones who romped at Jack Tweed's place? I don't know if you saw a picture. Three old scrubbers, because they apparently went there to clean the house, they said. No, it didn't. Um, that's right, yes. But apparently they said it was a 30-person sex orgy. And lucky, you know the one who had the string for hair? Well, she's obviously had, uh, had some more inserted to make herself look sexy. Unfortunately, she's a bit of a hefty hideaway girl. And she's not really... I mean, it's, I mean it really is. It's the three who prop up the bar. Oh, they've managed to find a fourth one now. And uh, Bianca is a former stripper. God. I'll tell you, nobody would pay for no it. No kidding. Nobody would pay. It's very <laughs> worrying, actually. Bianca is here, former stripper. Very wise to wear dark glasses, dear, so nobody recognises you. I think very, although, you know. And then the one in the middle, who for some reason is wearing her belt underneath her bra. I don't quite know what the look is on that one. But uh, unfortunately, darling, look at you ain't. You know, all right for a cheap nightclub, you know, and the sort of sort of girl that Jack Tweed would take home, because we know what sort of girls Jack Tweed takes home. To be honest with you, I couldn't give a stuff who he takes home. I'm just a bit worried that these girls are dissing Jade's memory, because uh, she's only been dead since March, for God's sake, and already, you know, they're romping around and then selling their stories. And that, I find, a little bit disgusting. But there again, once an old tart, always an old tart. 84850, uk. Uh, if you're burning the top of the food in the oven, chances are you're setting the temperature too high. You can oh. use foil, but use it dull side up. The shiny side deflects too much heat. Don't get the elements splashed with food. It's a nightmare to clear. Well, actually, Ian, I'm that rich. If the element gets splashed with food, I just throw it away and buy another one. I'm like that. In fact, I do have two already, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still one in the cupboard upstairs. <laughs> everywhere I go, there's a, I open a cupboard door. Oh, look, there's another oven. <laughs> Quickly close the door. <laughs> Victoria Beckham is going to replace Paula Abdul as a judge because Paula Abdul has quit. And now they're saying uh, Vicky Beckham. They say she could boost the ratings. Shouldn't imagine why. She's not done anything else in her life. She can't sing. 
She knows nothing about uh, people who can sing or talent like that. So they're now saying she's landed this job. Well, she doesn't have a job at the moment. You know, just putting on clothes and walking around is not really a job. <coughs> and you're suddenly going to realise she's got a... Dr- she's like him. They've both got dreadful voices. Not, not pleasing voices mm. at all. So, I mean, they say here she's hugely flattered. This is one of the top profile gigs in America. It's a big deal. Well, it's a big deal if you're desperate for a job. And uh, quite clearly she is. So it's going to be Victoria Beckham, who was the one who didn't feature in the Spice Girls very often. She was the one shoved at the back because she was Miss Misery. Nobody was interested in Victoria. She just sort of waddled backwards and forwards a few times and did a few la-las. I don't think, you know, it's a bit like sort of Cheryl Cole. Neither of them can sing for toffee. And I'd be happy to prove it in a court of law if necessary, because we've seen Cheryl attempting to sing live on The X Factor and it didn't work. Paul? I'm, uh, I'm struggling to find something in the Difficult, papers to look at today. They're, they're just awful. There is a, um, a striking... <laughs> they're just awful. Striking <laughs> picture. Well, you've only given me one, haven't you? <laughs> the, um, the stri- there's a striking picture of a 70-foot scale replica of, of Big Ben Tower that's been created in a cornfield. Oh, I like that. Out of straw. Yes. To uh, to mark the clock's 150th anniversary. I like that a lot. Yes, it's a very a very nice sculpture. It's on the <laughs> A51, if you're going up there, between Nantwich and Chester, no, in not. Cheshire. And it's Nantwich. built around a steel frame. It's cheating a little bit. It is. It? It's still nice, isn't it? But, but it does look good. Yeah. It does look good. I like things like that. We were, I was watching with... Um, with Hugh Broom the other day, because it, it's a bit dull. But we were watching on the uh, the television some man with a combine harvester cutting a field. And, and he was saying, actually, this is a... An, we were watching it upstairs on the television. And he was saying to me, oh, this is a, a combine harvester. this will be a... Carl Greaves wasn't on anymore. Exactly. <laughs> but he, he, he knew the make of it. He knew how, many, how, how long it would take to do a field. I mean, in the end, I'm sitting there with a razor blade thinking, well, I'm just about to throw myself out the window. I might as well go completely. Because it was just... I mean, I was nodding off. And he's going in the combine. And look, and then we went back to it a bit later. And he went, oh, look, he's finished, he's finished cutting the field with that combine. And that, because a friend of mine had another... And well, I'm, by this time, I'm throwing a rope round a I beam. I he's got a Wurzel CD in the car. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest with you. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him at all. Oh, uh, there's a new... a new combine harvester. I know. He was getting <laughs> excited about combine harvesters. Well, whatever yeah, Some people do, but not me. Imperial War Museum got a new exhibition. Outbreak 1939. If you've never been to the Imperial War Museum, do go. Do go. They've got a great... I say great. They've got a a very, very good Holocaust exhibition, which is just unbelievable. I mean, it really is. It's it's, it's not a a museum that celebrates war, but it shows you the outcome of war. And this new exhibition, Outbreak 1939, they've even got a thing where you can go and sit in... um, And it shows you what it's like to be in one of the air raid shelters. And so you go and sit in... And all of a sudden, the room starts to shake, and the noise, and everything. It's really very well done. It's designed to show you what people went through in the Blitz. And still to come, yeah, a lot. I've got a book on the vanished coaching inns in the City of London. It's another one of those nice books which comes from historical publications. So we'll run through that a bit later. And we'll have a chat to Nathan Morley after the news. Oh, to God, he's sober this morning. But uh, we'll have a chat to him and find out what the temperature is over there in Cyprus. This is LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six. Morning, Jamie, who says cook sausages in the halogen oven. They're lovely. I have got sausages to cook in it. Mm, I've got some gammon that I'm going to cook in it. Oh, right. I haven't done a stew yet in it. They use them in Costco all the time. Why do you think I'm suddenly an expert on this thing? <laughs> I don't know. I just assume everybody is. 
<laughs> well, you you can use it as an oven. It, it is an oven, so yeah. you can do anything that you use in... You can cook in a conventional oven. You can yeah. cook in the halogen oven. I know. It's, it's just a re-education of the, the time that you cook it, really. It's lovely. I love it. I love it. Uh, Andy... It's from Greenwich. She said, we're off to Ascot on Saturday to see Howard Jones, Nick Kershaw and Altered Images. Altered Images? And Altered, that's, all you'll get is probably Claire Grogan, I should imagine, and various other 80s turns. My good friend Jackie's 40th birthday celebrations. Oh, lovely. As we go into the races before the concert, we're worried that being a Saturday, there are no Steve Allen tips to avoid. Any chance for a pointer? Don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bet. Don't bet. Don't bet. You know, we're, we're terrible at betting. We're just not very good at all. Uh, morning to my friend Jackie. Morning, Jackie. I saw her yesterday. She came in with um, Ben Freeman, who used to be on Emmerdale. Now, you remember Ben Freeman? Yes, I do. Because uh, he was very successful on Emmerdale. Uh, he went on holiday to, I think, Barbados or the Bahamas or something like that. But sitting by the swimming pool, uh, sees this girl, and uh, she goes, mm, and does the usual. She goes, oh, blimey, he's famous. Anyway, they do the act. Yes. She then goes, rape. And she cries, rape. And for the next two years, his life is made absolute hell by this girl's accusations. He is found not guilty of rape. It was consensual sex. And the trouble is, uh, Emmerdale then said, well, you know, we can't really put you back in at the moment. He's uh, currently at the Savoy Theatre. He's the most charming person you'll ever meet in your entire life. Charming. Absolutely charming. Because you do worry with soap people. You think, oh, what are they going to be like? And he was absolutely charming. So uh, Ben Freeman... Uh, you'll hear in a couple of weeks' time on In Conversation. OK, very nice indeed. Uh, Alison says, you get me going in the early mornings. Makes me sound like the RAC, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. And um, Noreen says, uh, good morning, Steve, Paul, Nathan and Mr Chaz. Like the photos people have taken, too technical for me, I can't take pictures, couldn't send them. When we were at the wedding in Cyprus, I got one of the boys to send pictures for me. And on the one show, they said, the less you cook vegetables, the better. So maybe two hours for the sprouts. Cheeky devil. Because <laughs> I do my sprouts for four. I know. Seems perfectly normal, doesn't it? No. Well, if you'd like it as a liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, well, they've always you turned out quite well. Oh, I bought a very disappointing thing the other day at Marks and Spencer's. It's a, a giant... Um, um, oh, Yorkshire pudding. All right. And inside it said it's got chicken and stuffing and everything. Well, I took it out of the packet. Oh, God, it looks as boring as hell. Mm. I'm not sure I'm going to cook that today, but on second thoughts, I might. We'll you wait can and do see. It in your halogen oven. I could do it in the halogen oven because I quite fancy a, a Yorkshire pudding. Anyway, here he is, Nathan Morley, back again. <laughs> Thrilled to hear your halogen oven is still working because normally those things are made in China and last about a week. Well, this one is still going, matey, and I've done quite a few cordon bleu meals. Cordon bleu from La Box. From, from, <laughs> yes, so. So, listen, it doesn't matter who's cooked the blooming thing, it's the fact that I finished it off. Which Don't I you ever go thing. to the store and buy um, fresh vegetables and uh, raw meat and, and peppers and spices yes. And, yes. And, and do it yourself? Yes, I do, on a daily and basis. They- <laughs> I do. You buy food in a box, but no, you're an Iceman. No, 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 excuse me. This is, this is heresy here, I'm afraid. This is tantamount to, I think we should have you executed, young man. No, I do, anybody will tell you that, I mean, I do buy my meat, and I do buy steak. I believe that. Yeah, and I do cut it up with a pair of scissors, and I do put it into my wok, and I put vegetables on the top of it, and it's lovely in four hours. Right, OK. It just melts uh, in your mouth, not in your hand. You, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I love cooking. It's one of the, uh, it, it's one of the few pleasures of my day. I have to be honest. So oh, come on, it's I can't use. Of the day. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, if if you could teach Mr. Chaz to hold a frying pan, he'd be in the kitchen with you. He is in the kitchen with me. This is the part of the, yeah, He's always under my bloody feet. <laughs> and when we've got, when it's something really tasty like lamb or. That's it. He starts to panic a little bit Ooh. in case he doesn't get any. So he protects the oven door. <laughs> oh, goodness. Actually, lamb's not very good for you. It's very fatty lamb. Well, this is a problem here in Cyprus. We do eat a lot of uh, things, uh, dishes such as kleftiko, which is lamb off the bone, very succulent mm. lamb, and um, uh, stifados and, and uh, souvla, which is very fatty pork over the barbecue or the grill, stone grill. Mm. So most of men here uh, have heart attacks by 50. Yes, yes. You don't see many people <laughs> on that island living much longer, do you? No, <laughs> no. The, the National Health Service have kind of made a provision for the fact that there are a lot of widows uh, who, who, whose husbands have died because of consumption of fatty, crappy meat. Same in Russia. <laughs> I remember when David Dimbleby went over and did his tour of Russia, and he goes to this village, and it's 90% women. And he said, where are all the, the men? And the women laugh, toothless old hags they were, <laughs> going, well, that they've all died because they eat all the wrong food, they all chain smoke, and so they die mm. young. So the women are left to do everything. So they're all on the lookout for men. Well, this is this is this actually uh, rings a bell. I remember uh, years ago; it must have been 1990 or 91, when the the border opened to Czechoslovakia, and uh, I was living in Germany at the time. And I went over with my girlfriend uh, over the border, you know, because it had for, until then for 40 years been a communist state. Mm. So they started to let traffic in. I thought this is fantastic, and I was very young at the time. I think about four. Uh, so anyway, we went over the border. With your girlfriend, we... hello, four? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I was, about, <laughs> no, I, was about, I was about 18, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> right. We went over the border, and the first th- place we came to was a Czech service station. What, somebody painted and... it Czech, or what? I'm sorry? When somebody painted it Czech. Was it just not the normal No, somebody had, well, it probably, well, I don't think it had been painted, nothing. It was such a drab grey place yeah, in the Czech, uh, Czechoslovakia when we were. That's everything right. which had fallen from communism was so drab and grey. I yes. remember walking around East Berlin thinking the same thing. It was just a horrible place. But we stopped at this, this is, there is a story here. We stopped at this station and, um, this service station and they brought bratwursts, which are German oh, sausages. Oh, I love them. Uh, or what we thought were German sausages, but the things were so bad in the Czech Republic uh, that the sausage consisted of 90% fat. Yeah. And instead of gristles of fat, you had gristles of meat in the sausage. Um, and my girlfriend, Katie, bless her heart, she nearly threw up. And this was the staple diet of people in, in the Czech Republic and the Eastern Bloc, goulash and these fatty yes. sausages, because they just didn't have the food, you know. Yes, I know. Well, in fact, they so, always used to say, never eat uh, bratwurst from all the wurst stands around uh, Vienna because it's, it's the worst quality sausages. But the trouble is, it's like people eating hot dogs here on the streets. It's the smell of them and the fact you think... Mm. And I, I love the, the, the Kaiser wurst, which is mm, a sausage. Yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. the cheese impregnated in it. Ooh. Oh, it's delicious. Or, oh. uh, or um, currywurst is another favourite of mine, uh, which, uh, which is a kind of very sugary, I suppose, German curry sauce stuck into the bratwurst. Oh, how and, lovely. You know, <laughs> are they lovely. Uh, you know, the great place uh, for, for years when I was in Germany, I used to uh, go, go, go to work on a train, and as you probably know, it's the same in Vienna, actually, all the train stations are stuffed with these little uh, kiosks yes. and uh, st- uh, burger stands and things, and I ate so much horrid 
food during that period, German fatty food. And of course, you know, they have the big problem there themselves. A lot of the men are very overweight and a lot of them are smokers. It is a, it is a way to get rid of the surplus population, really. Just, just, just eat, yourself to, <laughs> eat yourself to death with crap, you know? Well, we have that in London. We have all the fast food places. You only have to look at America and realise... I mean, I've been to America and I've seen some people who... I mean, I didn't know they made clothes in that size. I mean, how these people fit themselves onto a toilet, I've got no idea. But anyway, all of that... I think they're tent sewn together. I think you're know. right. I think you're right. But the trouble is, it's, why is it that some people can eat all of this food and not put on an ounce? Others of us, you know, I've only got to look at cream cakes and the weight mm. starts piling on. It's just ridiculous. Some people can eat everything and they don't put on any weight at all. Why can't we be like them? Well, I, I agree. I mean, for me, I do look at... I have a, an unusual weight issue, I have to be honest, because it's not... I don't put weight on in my face or anywhere else in my body, but the, the, recently I'm getting a bit of a, a, a belly. And, recently? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try to disguise it with kind of pregnant men's um, uh, shirts. You know, the kind of thing Bernard Manning would have wore yes. to disguise his enormous frame. <laughs> <I'm wearing one laughs> <now>. <laughs> yes, Paul Savory's got one on. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he's going from here to play darts straight away. <laughs> <laughs> darts, yes. What, what a game that is. Uh, I've never really, really understood that game. No, I, I uh, don't understand it either. Well, well I understand it. Exercise, you see. They said exercise. Yeah. <laughs> just, just I did once action. actually meet Eric Bristow, oh, and right. and I was told he was a darts player, and I, of course I recognised him from from the television, mm. and I, and I thought he would be a really boring, you know, ale swigging. Uh, you know, div, but he was absolutely charming. Yeah. He was one of the nicest blokes I've ever sat and had a beer with, and it almost tempted me to to, to what he I called Frodiara, Frodiara, and I thought, um, but I never, never actually did. No, probably best, no. I think. Yeah, I would have killed somebody. Yes, you would have killed somebody. There's no so, doubt so, about it. You know, I don't have insurance for that. <laughs> no, but it's so funny. You think that only recently you started putting on the weight because I've looked at early pictures of you, and I, I thought you had that weight some years ago. <laughs> Hello. Right. Obviously, there was a problem <laughs> with the line there, or, or you're yes, just, uh, you're just retur- returning to uh, to a nasty streak. I've never <laughs> had a, a massive problem with my weight. It is something which happened. You know, I'm in my mid thirties now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Jack and Ori. Jack and Ori. <laughs> <laughs> OK. I'm going back to the Czech Republic. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I don't believe you ever went to the Czech Republic. I went to the Czech Republic. I, t- I tell you something, I went... Uh, another thing I recall about that trip, I went to Radio Prague, which had just come from under communism. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they were... It was like walking into Reichsend or something from 1933, you know. Uh, it was the most incredible. They had no equipment which mm. was, you know, made before the 1950s. And and it was just and the, these staff were wandering around, wondering whether, whether they would have a job tomorrow yes. because you know the authorities had changed. Well, the funny and, thing and is that com- whenever you go to another country, as you know, and you go when, when I worked in in Austria for the ORF, which is the mm. equivalent there of the I suppose the BBC, all their technicians wear white coats. They walk around <laughs> in white coats, everybody, and everybody and, there is a doctor. You go to yeah. people because first time I went there, I thought there's a lot of doctors in Vienna, but they're doctors of music. Doctors of medicine, doctors of plastering, doctors of... They're all different doctors. But at the ORF, all the technicians, all the people who work in the technical side of it, wear white coats. Yeah, doctors of light entertainment. Yes, and and they have exactly the same equipment. They have uh, uh, dry, uh, spy, they have the same equipment of Radio 1, Radio 2, Radio 3. It's very strange to watch. 
Actually, I do listen to an ORF station here from time to time. And funnily enough, you mentioned ORF. I had it on yesterday, which is an ORF station called the Music Vellum, which uh, just oh, plays yes, yes. all of these lovely, um, uh, um, I suppose, folk songs, you would call them in English, these, mm. you know, um, traditional alpine folk songs, yes. which I'm rather fond of. Uh, so I yes, put it, it on it's, sometimes. It's absolutely slasherist radio. It's really, it is what those... It's not. You, it's can on, radio. you can turn on the ORF in the morning and they still have an umpa band and a man yes, in lederhosen. And showing you I dancing. love it. Okay. I love it. Yes, I actually subscribe to <laughs> ORF uh, radio. We so. used to watch them recording them because they. Don't, oh, you uh, lucky thing! I mean, I mean, the uh, only in Vienna do you see people. I used to stay with a, a woman called Frau Hahn, and Frau. <laughs> Frau Hahn. <laughs> she had pretzels in the side of her house. She, she had a room in her apartment and she would rent <laughs> it to me. And she would get up in the morning because these big Austrian apartments are vast, mm. big high ceilings, very cold. And in winter, she would get up in the morning, she would sleep in her sitting room and I would sleep in, in the bedroom. Obviously, quite, quite not together. She would go into the bathroom, turn the fire on so the bathroom would be warm for me when I got up. I would go in the bathroom, have my shower. I would tiptoe out, thinking she was still asleep. She'd go in the bathroom, tidy it up, turn the fire off, and then go back to bed. And she did Lovely. that every day for all the 21 days that I was there. Oh, was <laughs> I, know, I thought there was going to be a really kinky, dirty story at the end of that. No, no, sad, sadly <laughs> not, no. I uh, mean, it's how you had it all there. Frau Hahn, you on the, her on the sofa, you in the bedroom. I thought something really <laughs> raunchy was going to happen. No, Frau Hahn was about And she 80. turns the bloody water on and off, and that's it. Did she t- no, she turned the fire on uh, and off. Uh, <laughs> yes, but in Viennese terms, this is, this is classed as exercise. <laughs> <laughs> And don't ever, incidentally, if ever you're going to Vienna and you want to go and see the Lipizzaners, don't right. go in the summer. Because in the summer, they send them out to the fields in Salzburg and they don't perform. They only perform in the winter. So if you think well, I do want Vienna, to go to Vienna this year. Funnily enough, oh, I want go. to take Frau Morley to Vienna and Berlin. Um, oh, yeah. It's something convincing. I, I've never been on the Ferris wheel there, even though I'm a great fan of, you oh, know... Uh, lovely. The reason Orson Welles. What's the film? The Third Man? Third Man. I've got to go. Listen, I'm really late. You've made me late. Oh, sorry. I mean, I could talk all day about Frau Hans in Vienna, but there you go. We'll have to wait till next week. Well, listen, week. do do go to the to, to the uh, the Prater, but only go to the Prater in Vienna in the daytime. At night time, it becomes red light, and the whole okay. area around. Okay. Dankeschön. Dankeschön. But the good thing is that all the girls who are too old to work the Gürtel in Vienna then work the Prater. So the average age is about seventy. I just like to tell you that now. Sounds good to me. Absolutely. Talk next I week. I like my fruit varied. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Nathan Morley in Cyprus. This is LBC 97.3. News headlines. More travel disruption on trains in and out of Liverpool Street. A 48-hour strike over paying conditions started at midnight. Peace talks to try and stop it broke down. Two men are being questioned by police in connection with the death of a man who was attacked near Buckingham Palace 12 days ago. A man who LBC has been told is wanted by police is still on the run this morning after firing two shots at officers in Southwark yesterday afternoon. And Gordon Brown is being accused of trying to suppress a report showing billions of pounds are being wasted every year in defence procurement. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. We'll start the trains, actually, I'm afraid, industrial action once again. It's 11 <laughs> minutes to uh, six. I haven't got a how low this morning, strangely enough. I'm so used to having my how lows, and I haven't, I haven't had one for a little while.
It must be due something. We must be due something. Perhaps a bicycle. I like the idea of giving a bicycle away. Because Michael Trabulsi on the news desk has offered to uh, to give me a bike ride. And uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, and then having lunch at the end of it. That's exciting, isn't it? All of that and Nick Ferrari going on the big wheel tomorrow. The Ferris wheel. Not the one that Nathan wants to go on in Vienna, which is the Reason Rad in the Prater, which is very nice. But this is the London Eye. It's going to rotate six times during the broadcast. Exciting. They've worked that out. It tells how long it takes to go round. So, six times. Uh, Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, and uh, star of the Dragon's Den, Deborah Meaden, the woman who never gives any money away on the show. I've never seen her you buy into noticed. anything. She doesn't give any money away, does she? She doesn't, no. Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing at all, meanie. Anyway. Obviously so, there to earn money. Obviously. Well, that's what they are there for, isn't it, I suppose. Uh, Gilda says, morning gorgeous, because she's seen me. Uh, I totally agree about the Imperial War Museum. Inspiring place. I wrote a book about the experiences of people living on the home front in the Second World War, recording their testimony that otherwise would have been lost. You know me, this isn't a plug, because it's available in public libraries everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And please give a shout-out to my mate Kate, who should be awake by now, but probably isn't. That's hopeless, isn't it? But I'm hoping that Sue Donaldson is awake. She lives in Barcelona, and she says, I listen most mornings to the show. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for making me feel like I'm not too far away from my friends when I hear you talking about Paul and Pat Cooper, because Paul Cooper owns the fruit and veg shop in Twickenham, and his mum, Pat, has got bigger baskets than I'm ever likely to have. And she says, strangely enough, I did see them for myself a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. She said, I was visiting the UK, which is something I try not to do, as it's really also bad. She <laughs> went on the Steve Allen bus tour, didn't she? went she? on the bus tour, probably. <laughs> anyway, she says, thank you for making my mornings, you know, as they are. I'm glad someone, she says, has the bottle to say what we're all thinking. Sue, nice to hear from you in Buffalona. And I'm sure that uh, Pat Cooper will be delighted that her hanging baskets have had another mention. I mean, I think she does hers differently. Well, I'm I think t- it's been a, uh, a special year for hanging baskets, as long as you keep them watered, of course. But um, I nearly fell asleep yesterday and forgot to water my tangin tomatoes. Really? I did. I mean, luckily, I dragged myself up. I looked vile in a ginger wig. But anyway, I got, I got out there anyway and did it and watered the baskets. So now you know. My baskets are huge. Are they? Year. Yes. Very big. I I've had one pull a thing off the wall. Well, that's what I'm the worried brackets. about. Because mine are these semicircular things that are strapped onto the wall. Oh, right. And um, They should be all right, I would I'm think. I might pull the garage apart. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of a worry. Uh, the re- weather today, cloudy, patchy rain by late afternoon. It's a bit overcast at the moment in Leicester Square. Tonight will be muggy with heavy thunderous showers moving east across London. High today, 18 degrees centigrade. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with light showers at first, drier and brighter in the afternoon. It's a bit depressing. I'm going to Great Yarmouth later. Oh, are you? Mm, never been before. Oh, why are you going to Great Yarmouth? Because my mother's up with me at the moment. She oh, wants right. to go to, to Norfolk. Oh, right. And we're going to travel round and we're going to go to Sandringham tomorrow. Oh, and, good uh, grief. Things like that. Oh, that's not, it's a long way to go, though, isn't it? Well, no, not really. Really? In the car. Sounds lovely. No. Oh, good news is, forgot to, I'm sorry I forgot to mention at the beginning of the programme, Ronnie Biggs is still alive, still not dead, I'm afraid, because we were told now, well, practically two weeks ago, that uh, this was it, he was going, quickly pardon him, and of course, the old crook's still hanging on, I'm afraid, still, still there, in his hospital bed, costing us a fortune. Come on, Ronnie, do the decent thing, hurry up. Ridiculous, isn't it? He's not going to get a pardon. It's not going to no. happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help feeling sorry for him, though. I know he's done crime. You can tell that look, crime. can't you? The Steve Allen look. Yes. How yes. can you feel sorry for... Put because his he's old. Well, well, feel sorry for me, then. I'm old. I do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I'm ill <laughs> as well. I've got a new listener. Have Sheila, says Brian, in Hampton Hill. She lives at the posh end of Feltham. That's the place where they've got glass in the windows. I mean, it's, it's very posh. Very nice. N- normally they just have steel plates with, you know, this place is boarded up. Actually, I know... I'm probably going to get into trouble. No, I can't say anything. But I know I've got lots of extra listeners. I know I've got lots of extra listeners. I'm not allowed to say anything, oh. as usual. Do you like curries? I do, actually, but curries don't like me, I'm afraid. They do... Um, Send me a bit round, round the twist curries. I do like curries. Well, the the uh, family next door to me were cooking a curry yesterday. <gasps> Could you it smell it? Smelled wonderful. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I had did. some people move in a short while ago. An Indian family, very unusual because they don't normally move into sort of rented anywhere accommodation. Near you. Oh, anywhere near <laughs> me, actually. <laughs> but they were only there for a short while. I think they're waiting for a house, and they cook curries every night. And I nearly knocked on the door. Because every night I would get this curry wafting. Oh, I was I'm thinking, sorry, oh. if you're going to make me smell it, can I have some? Exactly. I mean, I think just you know, really. Oh, I should love curry. Uh, Peter in Orpington says, love the show. You make a boring job fly by. There you go. It's good news. We make a boring job. Yeah, do you mean my <laughs> job or do you that. mean your job? <laughs> Steve says, miracle grow will make your baskets bloom. No, 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 no. Tomorite, better and cheaper. Mm. Much better and cheaper. And it's got all the potassium in which, uh, which they need, which is good. Or, ju- or just simply put new soil in your... <laughs> in them every year. When, when I empty my, uh, my, my troughs and my... Uh, um, tubs and things like that. Because the roots have used up all of the earth, you just lift them all out in one thing. That's right. Much better than, than years ago. Throw them away and start yes. again. I tell you what I've got to do. I must mention, and I shall mention it in a moment once I've found the blooming thing, because Diane Burstein sent me in a thing the other day about her walks, and I forgot to do it on the programme, and I've lost it, which doesn't really help, does it? So I shall have a quick look for it while Paul brings you another story from around the world. Well, this you'll like because it's about a professional bubble maker. And he's, compl- he's claiming a new world record from a secret mixture he spent 20 years developing. His name's Sam Heath, who <laughs> calls himself Sam Sam Bubble Man. He's been obsessed by bubbles since he was a teenager. And Mr Heath from London made his giant bubble in the city's Finsbury Park to try and break the world's record for the largest free-floating soap bubble by volume. He adds glycerin um, to it. Possibly. It yes. doesn't say so here. But the previous world record he was aiming to pop was set in October 2005 in Minnesota with a volume of 105.4 cubic feet. He's now waiting for his attempt to be judged, but said, I'm confident it has been, uh, it's obliterated the former record. This one dwarfs the American effort. To make the enormous multicoloured bubble, he used just a piece of rope attached between two sticks. It's all about having the right bubble solution, said Mr Heath. If you have the right mixture, then your tools don't matter. With the right stuff, you can make big bubbles with anything, a coat hanger or even just your hands. Lovely, lovely. We like, but there's a a good guy in America called Tom Noddy, and he's known as the Bubble Man, and he he finishes by having a big tray of bubbles on the floor and a big round thing, and he pulls it up and pulls it over the top of him. Over himself. Yes, I've seen him. Yeah. Very good ears, too. Oh, I've just... Hang on, we've lost it again now. I'm just going to read you Diane Burstein's thing, uh, because she's... uh, If you're interested in a series of walks and visits that she's organising... Now, I know many LBC listeners go with Diane Burstein. These start at the beginning of October, but you need to book in advance for these. And uh, they're doing Wednesday afternoons, Thursday morning or afternoon, and Friday mornings. And the idea is that Diane 
and Julian Romain will do a series of 30 walking tours and behind-the-scenes visits to some lesser-known corners and districts of London. And it's a chance to meet regularly with like-minded people who share your enthusiasm for London's history and culture. Now, I know that many people over the years that uh, Diane's been doing these walks have gone and met loads of LBC listeners. In fact, the last one she did, I think there's about 200 of you turned up, which was great. Uh, if you want details of them, uh, you can ring 020 That's 020 Or you can email Diane at secretlondonwalks.co.uk. And so they'll be doing these walking tours. It's a great opportunity to learn about the capital, to learn about the history, and get some exercise. And I've always said it's the exercise bit that's good. That's why they're walking tours. No, and they're Diane very... Burstein's really good. Yeah, she's very good as <laughs> she's well. She's excellent. She is very, very good. She knows everything about uh, London. She's a blue badge guide. So if you fancy joining them, 20 We'll We'll put that down on the, uh, the blog a bit later, actually, or Diane at Secret London Walks. .co.uk and they start in October so I mean you know don't don't think it's too far away because you need to register and book in advance okay very shortly the news at six o'clock and then the uh, the second part of the program another great book actually which is out now called the vanished coaching inns of the city of London I love this history thing uh, plus we've got some more of your texts and emails we'll tell you what's happening with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven o'clock this morning plus I'll be telling you as well um, how well we did in the horse racing yesterday whether or not uh, Mr Kittramalides did us proud, or whether or not we'll be going boo when he walks in the studio. All of that coming up very, very shortly, so don't go anywhere. This is the sound of someone's life changing. Accidents devil. Morning, everybody. Seven minutes past six. It's Thursday morning in London town. It's August the 6th, and already you're planning your holidays. My godchildren are off on holiday shortly. They're going to Sharm el-Sheikh, where the uh, temperature is, I believe, 40 degrees. Which I have warned them this could be the last holiday they'll ever go on. It's so hot over there. It's baking. 40 degrees, so double it and add 30. 80, 100 and... Warm. God, blimey. That, that, that's, that's definitely wear a sun hat. Definitely wear a sun hat and cover up with everything. They're talking about um, suntan lotion in the paper today. They've managed to bring yes. down the cost of it to a pound a bottle. Really? I, I suppose it because... It can't be that much good for a quid. That can't be. Well, it's, it's, it's a, a regular brand, I oh, think. Oh, is it? Yeah. They're just selling it in one of the um, in one of the chemists, and they're they're sort of selling it, and uh, because they're saying so many people get skin cancer nowadays that you need to uh, to sort of cover up. I think I tell you the one thing I can't stand, and I get very angry. There are two people in the paper today. One is a menacing loan shark who fleeced a couple. He lent them. Okay, wait for this. Five hundred pounds. How much do they owe him? Eighty-eight thousand pounds. This crook, Robert Reynolds, he's only 39, gave the initial amount to Mum of Ford, Debbie Wilson, so she could buy a computer. When she couldn't afford to pay it back, he kept lending more and more at staggering rates. He was pulling in from her £2,000 a month. I don't know where the hell she gets £2,000 a month from, but anyway. The, uh, the annual repayment rate over the seven-year loan period amounted to 2,500%. It got so bad, they couldn't afford to eat... They ate toast for most meals with their kids. It's it was disgusting. that desperate. And yet yesterday, the judge handed him a 51-week suspended jail sentence. I know. For fleecing these people. And yet there was another one here. As he wiped the debt. Um, well, he claims he was acting on behalf of violent loan sharks who could wreak... I mean, at one point, they, they were actually told they would be shot if they didn't pay. 
I mean, you, you, it beggars belief in this day and age, doesn't it? The trouble is, these people, um, strangely enough, this, uh, this man here, Reynolds, um, gets 1300 a month in disability benefits. Appears to be able to walk fairly normally, as far as I can see. But Debbie received 930 a month in disability benefits from the stroke. Kevin earned 15000 a year, but almost every penny went to Reynolds. He's never worked. I'm so, am, I, am I reading this right, or, or am, am I losing the, the will to live here? This is a man who quite clearly is a nasty, horrible piece of slime who takes advantage of people who need money. And the one thing that happens, and there's probably people listening now, will be saying, if you go to the bank and they go, no, we're not going to lend you any money, there's generally a very good reason for it. It means you're a bad risk. And so, consequently, this woman here, who gets 930 months in, in uh, benefits... And her partner gets 15000 a year. They couldn't afford £500 for a computer, so they go to a loan shark. Mm. And the loan shark goes, I know you need the money. And that's why you'll see adverts on the television. And they say, don't forget, your home is at risk if you do not keep up repayments. And there's another one, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, he's just gone to prison. That's, that's Same right. sort of thing. Scumbag lenders. Yeah. And this one here... Because um, I was reading the wrong story, and I was thinking, where's he getting these names from? Yeah, there are two. The, well, there's one who's <clears> gone <throat> to prison five years for somebody called John Kiley, or Keeley, 36, lived in luxury while his gang of heavies went round, threw bricks through people's windows, intimidated them, all because they couldn't pay... What, why do we put up with this pond life? Why do we put up with it? Well, we shouldn't, and uh, he's been sent to prison, hasn't he? So, uh... Well, he has, but why have we not sent this, uh, this Robert Reynolds to prison? He's quite clearly a very, very nasty piece of work. He actually refused to name the people he was working for. Well, I'm sorry, I'll just take him, drop him in prison, leave him there. I'm sorry, matey, until you, you, know, until you start telling the truth, you stay there. I'm fed up with these people taking advantage of people who don't have anything. Yeah, I'm fed up with people taking advantage, full stop. But, the, you know, this guy should be, uh, should be locked up, as you say. And uh, if they take the fifth and say, well, I'm not uh, giving, the, giving you the information, mm. then the buck should stop with them. Yes. And they should be jailed. Last week, or the week before, there was a story about uh, one of these stupid kids who had a party that involved loads of kids turning up because they'd seen it either on Facebook or something else, and the police had to be called, mm -hmm. and it cost 10,000 quid. And he boasted on his Facebook account saying, oh, I'm so glad it cost the police 10,000. I'm thinking, no, matey, it cost us. As far as I'm concerned, you go round and you charge his parents 10,000 quid, and if they don't pay, you take away all their goods and go, you bring your son up properly or you're going to pay for it. I'm sick to death of these stupid people out there. We I've need... said before, there are people who get up in the morning who, who work their little bottoms off to go to work and do everything, and there are other toe rags who just take advantage and then swaggeringly stick two fingers up. I tell you, I would, I'd be adopting, I'm afraid, chopping the hands off shoplifters. I'm sorry, I'm that draconian this morning. Well, that's going a little bit far, I Why? think. But... <laughs> Because, because they're stealing somebody. Imagine if you had a shop and you had goods in there and being a trusting soul, people kept coming and going, hello, Paul, hello, Paul. But secretly, they were stealing from you. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Then go, oh, they obviously need it. Why do we bother having shops? Why don't we just have, you know, just come and take whatever you want? Well, yes. People I steal from so. charity shops now. I suppose so, but the cutting off of hands is going a bit far. OK, legs and hands, then, oh, OK? <laughs> legs and hands. No, I, I think Heads. we need a, a strong um, legal system. If you, I, I've said it before, if you watch these um, crime things on television, mm. if you see an American one, they lock them up for years yes. for, for 
something quite slight. Mm. Here, for murder, we'll give them community service and or a holiday. Yes. Yes. It, it, it's just ridiculous, and we need a strong government. We don't have a strong government at the moment. It's the Highlighted the other day, excuse me, Shannon Matthews' boyfriend, remember that piece of pond I life, do. who abducted her own daughter? Her, her boyfriend, who downloads porn, kitty porn, yes. uh, wants to be moved to a bigger house with a garden in it. With police protection. He has police protection at the moment. No! Let him be at the mercy of these people. Kitty porny downloads. A piece of filth like that. Why he has he got police I've protection? I've got no... Well, because he's at risk. Well, from whose us. fault is that? Well, it's his fault. Well, he should be left to it, then. Well, you see, I... I <sighs> anyway, this, uh, this uh, suntan lotion... Yes. <laughs> Solero spray. It's been cut from two ninety seven to a pound. The tr- now, normally, Nivea... I can't believe this. Nivea and Ombre Soleil, a 200ml bottle, normally costs £12. Mm-hmm. As part of a buy one, get one free promotion at Boots and Sainsbury's. How much sun lotion do we get through for God? £12. I bought Quite something years ago. I went on holiday. Uh, and I bought that stuff because it had a picture of a coconut on the front. And I thought I wanted it to look like a coconut. So I religiously sprayed this stuff on every day. Yeah. I might as well have sprayed vegetable oil on. I oh, didn't do anything see, at all. not good for you. The oils are not good. No, but, but I, I like to glisten in the sun. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, when you get to my well, size... just keep on using the body glitter. But they, you know, the, they uh, won't sell it to me anymore. <laughs> I'm too embarrassing. <laughs> but I just... I see some people on the beach and you think, I wish I was that colour. And Because I look at me and I think, I'm just a little pale soul. Well, we all do, it. but it's, it's either sprayed on or it's in their jeans, you know. We're... I don't want it to be in my jeans, thank no, you No, but you and I are not going to go that gold. No, we're not. Brown. I just go red and peel. Yes. It's not attractive. I shed skin. I'm like sort of. I'm like one of those snakes who Monty. sheds its skin in bed. You can get out of bed, and I look at that thing. I've died in the night. There's half my bed, half my skin in there. It's horrible. Ooh. Strange enough, I was talking to Matthew Schofield the other day about clothes because yes. people were sort of going, you know, clothes and all. I said, well, I'm I'm a Marks and Spencer's boy. Yes. And uh, and I, I said to Matthew Schofield, I said, well, you must be Marks and Spencer's boy as well. He was so horrified, and then he fell off the chair. He apparently shops in Esprit. Oh, Esprit. what's that? It's quite nice. Oh, is it? Yes. I think it's not for so, people your age, Matthew. It's for younger people. He was quite shocked, you know. I was quite open with him. Anyway, 6.15 is uh, the time. <laughs> check on the news headlines with Matthew Schofield. Eight out of ten NHS trusts are failing to follow the guidelines on IVF with a new report. That'll be next week on uh, LBC. As I say, we're preparing the desk already for her. Richie says, for the halogen oven, is there a thing saying how long to cook things for? I saw one yesterday, but if it cooks quicker, you need to know. I'll tell you what you do, Richie, and strange though it might seem, you just gauge it. You can look at it. Because you can see, because it's a glass bowl, you can see through. And I work on the assumption, if it's bubbling, it's good and golden, and it's cooked. And you can see the chicken through it. So it's, it's like opening the oven door. But uh, you, 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 you'll manage with it, I promise you, quite easily. I mean, Amanda's got very adventurous. She's done toast. <laughs> I mean, God help us, you know. I mean, she's it's just too much, isn't it? Well, the exciting thing is you can do your eggs and your toast at, at the, the same time. I don't time. think she's got that adventurous at the moment. No, she was out of eggs, so she didn't do that. Never mind. It's a good start, isn't it? Anyway, she's going to do a crumble today. I, know. I might do a creme brulee, because they make them in Marks and Spencer and just put them in there and it'd be quite nice and just do the That's top of them. That's not making Of course, it's making brulee. it. It's making That's it. warming goodness. one up. Well, for goodness sake. Listen, let's warm up Roger Foss now. There he is. He's warmed up and he's all ready. Morning, Roger. Good morning. Oh, yes, I'm very hot stuff. Whatever happened to the good old-fashioned pressure cooker? Well, strangely enough, it's making a comeback. It's not. The pressure cooker is making a comeback. And you know, you know why pressure cookers were, were invented? So that people could use cheap cuts of meat and, and oh. they would taste a bit better. 
Oh, I see. Well, I've, I've got a pressure cooker, and it sits in the cupboard. I haven't actually used it for years. And I keep looking at it and thinking, I've got to find a way of using this. But, you know, because I'm a vegetarian and I don't cook meat, right. I suppose, really, I don't need it. You can stir-fry things these days so quickly. Yes, yes. Whereas a pressure cooker seems to be so heavy, and, you know, they seem to be made of antimatter almost. They're so yeah. huge but, but and it, heavy. It used to take two people in, in our house to lift it onto the stove. And That's the right. And <laughs> pressure bit in the middle was this dead heavy weight. Yes. Mm. When you show it, it yeah. 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 That yeah. is a bit scary. It's like a train going off somewhere. Yeah. Very, actually, the trouble is, to be honest with you, if you're vegetarian, you can cook in, in one pan. You don't need to do I mean, Amanda has got uh, halogen oven, and so far she's managed to do toast. You know, well, I mean, it's kind of a waste. Good luck. Really. Good luck to us vegetarians. We live on toast, don't we? Well, right, you should, you should really, because there isn't whole, anything for yes. you. No, quite. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all <laughs> and thin sit- as rakes. <laughs> I'm sitting here, literally sitting here at the moment with my sandals on. So <laughs> I... <laughs> and your caftan. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. did you make sandals. the sandals yourself? Was it a sandal-making kit? Oh, I, yes. I sit up all night sewing <laughs> and making my own clothes and, and doing all of that and then digging in the garden, growing my own vegetables. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pure vegetarian, absolutely, oh, right down me. to the core. Yes, <laughs> the core of the apple, because we eat a lot of apples being vegetarians. <laughs> we like fruit. OK, listen, uh, we've got two things to talk about. First of all, uh, oh. pornography and then theatre bouncers. Yes, I like a bit of pornography at this time in the morning. <laughs> Is it a show? <laughs> As opposed to your sort of, uh, your, your taste or something? I <laughs> Vegetarian pornography. What oh, that Lord, like? I can't imagine what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, this is, look, um, it's serious drama at the moment, because uh, next week we go back to normality with Hello, Dolly! at Regent's Park and Brian Connolly in Hairspray. Oh, yes. But, oh, I can't wait. And then this week, um, I, I, this amazing play at the Tricycle Theatre in, in Kilburn is called Pornography, but this is very much a, 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 a London play. And I think this is really quite fantastic, because it's set during the week of... July 2005, when, you know, the 7-7 tube and bus bombings happened. And it's, a, and it's a week when there seems to be something going on in London, a special, like, uh, for example, Live 8 was on at that time. Uh, and, uh, and, and we just celebrated the fact that London was to host the 2012 Olympics. And then just at that moment, when you think there's something in the air, those bombs go off on, on the bus and on the tube and... What is it? Fifty odd people died and hundreds of people injured by four men with rucksacks. And the play is absolutely gripping because it's just people talking about what they are doing around that time. Mm. So you've got a, a schoolboy, a brother and sister, a funny old lady played by Sheila Reid talking about how awful the state of the world is, all interwoven. So they're Londoners, people going about their business, about their lives, just like we all do. And then you've also got this guy somewhere up north there. Um, getting up in the morning, chatting to his kids, kissing them goodbye, getting on the train and ending up in King's Cross trying to blow everybody, well, actually blowing people to smithereens. And so, it, it, as I say, it's very much a London play. It, it, it's very much reminiscent of that period, too. Mm. And it reminded me of, of, of what a narrow escape I had, because I, I lived just around the corner from Allgate Station, where seven people died on that morning. And uh, I, 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 at that time, I was working at... Uh, what's on in London magazine, if you remember. And nice. I, I, I used to get the tube from Allgate around about that time. And that morning, just by co- pure coincidence, I got held up and I missed those that bomb there by literally minutes. So um, it kind of had a kind of 
you know, personal feeling for me, and I, I kind of felt like one of those people doing the monologues. But so this is at the tricycle, and I think you know it's a it's a it's a really good piece of drama, well worth seeing. Okay, so one yeah. more to put down. Uh, very quickly, the other thing is that they've started bringing in bouncers in theatres. Now well, the reason is, I'm assuming, because the kids are on holiday and they don't know how to behave in a theatre. Well, this has been going on for some time. It's interesting that it's just been picked up by some of the papers, but I think the show that they all want to go and see, of course, has been Thriller Live. You know, this uh, Michael Jackson concert at the Lyric Theatre, right in the heart of Shaftesbury Avenue. And, of course, for a long time there have been complaints because people go and see it and they expect a concert. So they they, they all get drunk and they're all kind of screaming and shouting along with the music and some of them dancing in the aisles and arguments going on and then shouting and fighting and goodness knows what, apparently. So this has been, this has been happening for a while and suddenly they, they've decided now to make it quite clear, you know, we're going to have bouncers here and, uh, and, and so there's not going to be any of this nonsense. But I suddenly noticed in the press they were going around talking to all sorts of people to try and get stories about trouble in theatres. And, and even at one point, apparently in a little night music, just across the road from you, it's closed now, I think, yes, isn't it? Yes, but one, uh, some bloke got up and walked down to the front just by the stage and started urinating. Now, you know... <laughs> well, somebody told me the other day that, that pe- people have been getting up during Jude Law's thing, going to the front and taking pictures on their mobile phone. I mean, who are these idiots? Yes, yes I know. But, the, you know, this is the kind of people that you get these days. Oh, I, I was at Shakespeare's Globe the other week. They make a very, very strong announcement, you know, beforehand about phones and switching mm. them off and, uh, and, and cameras. And sure enough, there is always somebody who will stand there or sit there and out comes the camera. They have to take a picture. Goodness knows what the picture will be like. It will just be a blur. But it's part of the culture these days, these isn't it? These people are idiots. Where... These people are the simple people of the world. They should be, I mean, they, they should be thrown out on their ear. Well, the other trouble, of course, is the problem is that theatres encourage people to drink, I'm afraid, so Mm. you can take your drink into the auditorium. A lot of Mm. people turn up, I mean, dirty dancing and mamma mia, you get hen parties, you know, but people do turn up already drunk or they've already had a few and then they get into the theatre. The theatre says, oh, you can take them in in plastic glasses. So, and of course, they want to sell drinks because they sell them at extortionate prices. So I think really, I mean, rather than just have bouncers, I I actually think that some of these theatres, they should be preventing people from coming in in the first place. If they think Mm. they're going to be drunk, well, you know, or if they look like they're drunk, they say, sorry, you can't come in. I mean, you know, Go to the pub if you want to get drunk, or if you want to start boozing, don't come in here. I think the you've got to be now, we, we, are, we are in such a culture, such a stupid compensation culture. If I was on stage and somebody's phone rang, I would go, excuse me, can we just stop this? OK, lights on. OK, Pratt over there. Yeah. And you would call yeah. They would then go to a lawyer, and the lawyer would then get compensation from the theatre company because they'd been humiliated. We're, we're oh, that absolutely. stupid in this country. Oh, absolutely. Chuck them out on their ear, I'm afraid. Don't ever come in a theatre again. You're an idiot. Go no, home and they, stay with your aged mother. I think... <laughs> Listen, vegetarians don't behave like that. Well, of course they do, because they don't drink, do they? Uh, well, you can. I suppose you can get vegetarian. I, I've sort of given up drinking at the moment yes. myself, but I'm sure you can get organic wine or something like that that oh, makes you, you can, feel. Like... You can, but the trouble is mm. because you don't eat meat, which absorbs a lot of the alcohol. Vegetarians oh, are actually dead cheap dates. 
You've only got to give them a couple of wine gums and a liqueur chocolate, oh. and practically they're following you home. That's that why desperate. that early morning schooner of sherry does me no good. You see, that's what it is. That's it's what it is. no good. I'll have to throw it down the sink. I'm sorry, Steve. No, I'm going to go in the kitchen now. I'm oh, sorry, I've just realised as well. I take it back. Vegetarians <laughs> can't eat wine gums. They've got gelatin in. Oh, blimey. There's no hope, is there? Uh, oh, How absolutely. some people make it through absolutely. life. It is very wrong. <laughs> anyway, always a pleasure. Yes, always a pleasure. They're all very well behaved at the tricycle at Kilburn, I must say. So, so no problems there. Excellent. Yeah. And in your place. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay, Steve. Look forward to it. Bye. Bye. There he is, the lovely Roger Foss. So, pornography and bounces in theatres. <coughs> Audiences. LBC 97.3. These. I do like this. I've got to do it again because it just made me laugh, actually. Somebody just sent me a text saying, Steve, people came to my door and talked to me about brown bread for half an hour. I said, Who are you? They said, We're Hovis Witnesses. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so stupid, stupid, but it's like, remember that old joke years ago? What's red and sits in the corner? A naughty strawberry. You know, for <laughs> hours I could amuse myself with that, but I won't. We'll turn to the horse racing in a moment. Before that, the sporting headlines with Phil Kittramalides. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Reassurances this morning from Arsenal's chairman that Cesc Fabregas won't be leaving this summer. The club's captain has been linked with a move to AC Milan, but Peter Hill Wood says there's absolutely no chance of that happening. Instead, there could be some reinforcements in the Gunners' midfield, with former star Patrick Vieira still being tipped to return. Paul Merson played more than 300 times for Arsenal and says it could be a great signing for the club. They need a Patrick Vieira. They need someone who's got experience, like they got rid of Gilberto too quickly. They need someone who's just going to calm the ship down. You know, when they're winning 1-0, stop bombing forward and, and keep the ball and not try and win 3-4-0. and Andrew Flintoff is expected to be given until tomorrow morning before England decide on his fitness for the fourth Ashes test. Flintoff batted in practice at Headingley yesterday but chose not to bowl as a precautionary measure. And there are six race meetings later. They go at Haydock, Brighton and Yarmouth with evening events at Sandown, Folkestone and Bath. As your mother said to you, if you have the microphone closer it makes you sound sexy. She hasn't, no. Does she not? She will. Anyway, Alexander said, I went head to head with Phil yesterday. <laughs> And I have to say, he finished well ahead of me and brought some respect to the sports boys. <sighs> yeah, all right, let's not make too much I'm trying not to sound too smart. Yeah, says if he gets a little bit more, Mr Blacker will not move him to the badminton desk to cover that popular sport. So, you had uh, Jutland, won at 7-2, to two. your profit was £7. Still £40.74 in the, uh, in the red. Wow. So, you've got, you know, got another day it's to try and change doing, it. doing, though, is it? No. Well, well you know, it's close. It's close. <laughs> Interact for Alex, third. If he'd gone each way, he'd been all right. Total loss now, £22.10. So today, our mule that we're picking is the 5.55 at Bath. Point of light, win only. Point of light. OK, I've gone, uh, I've gone for the uh, 2.10 at Haydock. Brunette. Brunette. Any reason for that? None at all. Likes brunettes. <laughs> Likes anything. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I never said that, just in case your mother's listening. Uh, so, brunette at Haydock. Yes. OK, and the 555 at Bath, point of light, win only. So we'll find out tomorrow. Brunette doesn't sound very promising, does it? It well, sound, sounds a bit dippy. Well, you like, oh, no, right. blonde. Sorry? Just well, yeah, but most yes. blondes were brunette, weren't they? That's the trouble. You don't, you don't get many natural blondes unless they're called Ulrika Johnson nowadays. And even that's been through the surgery mill. Thank you, Phil, very Thank much you. indeed. Phil will be back tomorrow, and we'll find out whether or not it's uh, cheers and bunting and a brass band, or it's boo, hiss. I quite like that other thing. Actually, a lot of people telling me that Pat Deborah Meaden did pay some money uh, the other night. Oh, whoopee-doo. Whoopee-doo. Because she's going to be with Nick Ferrari on the big wheel tomorrow as they go around six times. I feel sick already. The other guy's, I'd like to speed it up. Do you think you could speed up the big wheel? 
Wouldn't that be funny <laughs> if you could make it go like the funfair rides? Very fast. That would be great. Uh, Steve, looking forward to hearing in conversation with uh, Ben, says Paul. I met him several times when I worked at the Midland in Manchester. Nice guy. I uh, hope Peter Andre wins the kids in the divorce case. Did you read the interview in the paper on Sunday? And can you tell me why he had to strip down to his little white pants to do it? I don't know. We looked at the picture. I thought it was pitifully awful, I'm afraid. Pitifully awful. Raining cats and dogs in Heathrow, says uh, Keith. Hope you brought your umbrella. Do you know I have, because I'm that sort of person. Oh, blimey, it is chucking it down, isn't it, Heathrow? Good blimey. That's a little bit wet at Heathrow. It, obviously heading our way. Oh, dear. I'll make it to the car. Yes. Oh, you will. You will. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Soren, thank you for that, who was recently uh, interviewed about Harry Patch in the shadow of the Men in Gate. Thank you very much indeed for that. It's so nice that after all these years, Soren still keeps in contact. One of my long-standing listeners. And uh, one here from Ronald. We're still looking for your pictures to put up on our rogues gallery. And we have got some rogues on there. Uh, I've recently been flying to Cork about once a month. Whenever I get on the plane at Heathrow, there's always a nun, says Ronald. This one was particularly scary. <laughs> and a sent in a picture. She looks like she's rehearsing for the sound of music, it has to be said. Actually, I don't think she looks scary. Although a lot of although a lot of nuns are quite scary, it has to be said. They are they are quite I think they're quite scary. James says, looking extremely less than human, ready for the drive to Uxbridge. Here we go. Let's have a look how Oh, it's a bit frightening there, I'm afraid. James. Like, did we put James up? Have we put James up before? We think we might. He obviously thinks those sunglasses are cool. You know, he is the only one that is thinking the sun... Sorry, the, the sunglasses have, have got to go. And on the subject of newsagents, Mahendra, from Winchmore Hill, says, I've been a newsagent for 24 years and the police are not interested in shoplifters. If there's blood on the floor, they're interested... But apparently, it says, we get up early, 3.30am every morning for 364 days, and we get no help at all from the police. And unfortunately, you're quite right, there are a lot of people in the country who send in small children, knowing that small children can shoplift, and nobody's going to do anything about it. And that's why, all round our way, and probably round your way as well, they've got signs, no more than two school children in the shop at any one time, because they steal. Mm. And I don't care who they are, they do it. And everybody knows they do it. And unfortunately, it's, that's why so many shops have got to have extra people in there to, uh, to look. You know, it would be, um, it, it would be one of those things. You, you're losing your, your living. Ling- um, thank you, Ray and Balham. A totally unrepeatable joke about, <laughs> about people who knock on your door. I, used to, I had people who knocked on my door once. And, and I was getting ready to come to work at LBC. And I and <laughs> that must be very early in the morning. No, it was it was when I was doing nights. So I was leaving about eight, and they knocked on the door, and it was raining, and they stood there getting wet, and they said, "Oh, hello, we're we're sort of just you know we're we're new in the area. Uh, can we sort of pop in and have a little chat?" I thought, "Well, I've got ten minutes. I've got ten. We could have a cup of tea and a biscuit or something." So they sat down. They said, um, "Oh, this is Brian, and I'm Ian, or whatever it was." He said, "Before we start, should we have a little prayer?" I said, I don't really think so. No, I don't, don't think it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and I stood up and dropped the towel I was wearing. And, you know, they were out the door so fast. Unbelievable. Anyway, Paul. <laughs> oh, dear. Pictures I'm getting in my mind. I know. I know if I... <laughs> Always amuses me, that one. I don't know why. The Mona Lisa, <laughs> you'll yeah. be pleased to know, has been recreated in Australia out of 3,604 cups of coffee and 564 pints of milk. What? The different colours were created by adding no, little or lots of milk to each cup of black coffee. 
It took a team of eight people three hours to complete the 20-foot by 13-foot artwork for the Rocks Aroma Festival in Sydney. How lovely. Elaine Kelly from the Sydney Harbour Foreshore Authority, which organised the one-day coffee lovers event, was delighted with the result. It does look good, I have to say. She said each cup of coffee was filled with varying amounts of milk to create the different sepia shades of the painting. We wanted to create an element of surprise and a sense of fun in the way we engage with the public. Once we had the idea of creating an image out of cups of coffee, we searched for something iconic to reproduce and opted for the most iconic painting in history. And there it is. Oh, lovely. Isn't that good? How nice. She never smiled, did she? She's known for not smiling. No, she was constipated all the well, way through. Yeah. Oh, it's only small, isn't it? The picture's very small. It's not a, not a very big picture. Uh, I've never seen it. Yes, it's, it's, um, I'm told it's actually quite small. Not the real thing, anyway. No, no, no. My brother came to see me from New York, says Amanda, and recommended Gilder's World War II book. How strange is that? I agree, actually. That is very, very strange. I do love that, the brown bread for half an hour. They were Hovis witnesses. That amuses me. Uh, it's a lotto rollover on Saturday. Won't make any difference. I'm going for the Friday one. 35 million. I haven't quite decided how to uh, to spend it yet, but I'm, I'm sure I shall get round to doing it at, uh, at some point. Um, another one here, um, which says... Uh, oh, James says, I left my driving glasses in the office. I had no choice but to wear the very old sunglasses. Thank you. Um, how about robot hoovers? No, I've seen these robot hoovers. To be honest with you, the dust pickup is, is not as brilliant as a normal one. And they don't do your corners. And they don't do corners round. because it will just go... And also, you can't really have too much furniture. So, uh, not my idea at all. Lynn reckons it's been pouring there for hours. So, there you go. It's Unfortunately, it's, it's going to be one of those days today. So, take your umbrellas. Because otherwise, you'll, uh, you'll never actually uh, cope with it. Uh, also... In the paper today, these poor people who are suffering from Liverpool Street Station with a, another tube strike. It really is an absolute nightmare. Again, overpaying conditions. People just want more and more money. Dreary Jordan on the front. Apparently, uh, Alex Reed, her poor... He obviously snores. And that's obviously a bad thing in any relationship because he's wearing one of those little things over his nose the other day. This is a little boy who lives with mummy at home. And so, as opposed to a cage fighter, I think we're talking about hamster cage fighter. I don't think we're talking about anything else at all here. So, uh, believe no more stories about them. It's a pile of old rubbish, and I'm sure at the end of the day, Pete will um, sort of display all the, the courage which he has done. So, oh, there's another picture of this man in the paper today. Robert Reynolds, beyond contempt, a nasty, nasty piece of work. You always hope somebody like that's going to get run over, don't you? I don't know why. You know, somebody who they cheats... they never do. That's no, somebody problem. who cheats people, pensioners who threaten people with their lives and everything else, and then they walk free from court. I hope you get your comeuppance, matey. I really do. They're just... The other one who went to prison is an ex-convict. And you have to ask yourself the question, how does John Keeley fund a loan-sharking business? Where does his money come from? He's an ex-convict. Well, you, you try and work it out at home. Where do you think he gets his money from? And then he employs heavies. I'm glad you've gone to prison, matey. Five years. Oh, they're going to love you inside. They're like pretty boys in prison. They'll be looking forward to meeting you. Oh, we've got uh, Russian submarines spotted off American coast. Really? It's unusual, isn't it? I didn't think they actually went that far. And do you remember the drug dealer fighting deportation on the grounds that she's become, wait for it, a lesbian in prison? Do you remember yes. this one? Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> she's been given a chance to prove her sexuality. How the hell do you do that? Overturning the ruling, Lord Justice Goldring said the 24-year-old, known only as A, has now been in a series of exclusively lesbian sexual relationships over four years. She's been in prison. What else is she going to be having? Not a mixed prison. It's ridiculous, isn't it? They, a lot of people have said she's just experimenting. 
To be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm... Well, lots of people do in prison, don't they? Do they? Well, apparently, as oh, I've heard. Lord. So I'm looking forward, then, to when uh, John Kiley gets into prison. You'll be experimenting, John. You've got five years to experiment. Ha, 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 ha. Quarter to seven. With the headlines, Matthew Schofield. For the second week running, commuters in East London and Essex are facing two days of disruption. We were talking the other day about broadband speed, what you pay and what you get. And if you go to steveallenshow.com, can't repeat it again, you have to podcast, steveallenshow.com. Oh, I did. Oh, there you go. Unbelievable. And there's a link there to the sea cleaner. And, in fact, Dawn says, the other day I told you I was paying for broadband speed of 20 meg with, uh, with one company, and I was getting 15.9. We didn't think that was bad at all. I tried again later and got 18.2, which is very good. You're right, you cannot get better than that. That's very good. Paul. Steve, a US woman has fallen in love with a fairground ride and <laughs> plans to marry it. Don't laugh, it's quite serious, this. It is. Amy Wolf, who's 33, has been besotted with the 80-foot-high gondola ride since she was a teenager. She rides the machine 300 times a year and even gazes at a picture of it while in bed. Miss Wolf, who's never had a boyfriend, suffers from a rare condition called objectum sexuality, where people develop attractions to objects. She says she'll marry the ride, called 1001 Nights, and change her name to Weber, which is the name of the ride's manufacturer. Right. She says, I know people think it's weird, but I love him as much as women love their husbands and know we'll be together forever. Oh, dear. Miss Wolf, who first <laughs> fell in love with 1001, based in an amusement park 80 miles from her Pennsylvania home when she was just 13. I was instantly attracted to him sexually and mentally, she says. Oh, I wasn't freaked out, as I just felt so natural but I didn't tell anyone about it because I knew it wasn't normal to have feelings for a fairground ride. Does she think it's real, then, or does she... She knows it's an inanimate object, and she just... Uh, Yes. She's fallen in love with it. Yes. The unemployed church organist rides... (laughs) There's a worry. (laughs) Watch those church organists, ladies and gentlemen. ...and one up to 30 times each time she visits. (laughs) Miss Wolf said, I tell him how much I've missed him... And what I've been up to since my last visit. How does she know it's a him? And I kiss the bits I can reach. Ooh, the scary. staff The are really understanding, she said. Oh, scary. They the trouble is... Trust sure. me, they're not. No, they're no, not. no, they aren't understanding, I'm afraid. They think you're crackers. Oh, I'm not, dear. It's amazing how many recognised illnesses there are out there. Is it that people actually fall in love with? Kind of far out for me. Well, yeah, but but probably in her mind, she probably thinks it's not. That's the that's the worrying thing. No, she doesn't. She she feels it's natural, as she says. There you go. Uh, Coming up with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. Uh, Following news that the judge who described Britain's immigration system as completely lax is to face an official investigation, Nick asks if he should just if he should be disciplined for speaking his mind. Plus, do you think the Barmy Army booing Ricky Ponting was a bit of fun or a step too far? for British cricket fans. And with sales of supermarkets, own brand products tripling over the last year, Nick wants to know if you can actually taste the difference. So all of that and more. They'll be doing a taste test, apparently, on the roof this what morning. excuse. Exactly. <laughs> Just anything to try a, a taste test this morning. Plus, don't forget, um, Widdy's here next week. Anne Widdicombe, swapping her common seat for an LBC studio seat. Do you think she'll be, think she'll be sitting in exactly the same seat I'm sitting in now? This is so exciting. This yes, is, I might have will. to take the seat home, actually, afterwards. And so she's here, keeping order from Monday to Friday, from 10 on LBC. I did mention this book earlier on, and we, we've done this company's books before, and this is uh, Countryside, 
books. And they have lots of history books about London. Their latest, not a huge book, is The Vanished Coaching Inns of the City of London by C. Douglas Woodward. And it's really nice because London had coaching inns all over the place. And they've got right. photographs and pictures of where they were. And it's a, it's a lovely little... If you like History of London, it's really good. They're all over the place, these. In fact, there's still one down in Reading. An old co- it's turned into, a, I think, a... A steak bar or something like that, but it's an old coaching inn. Well, Beaconsfield ta- Town is a, is kind of a town in two halves: the old town and the new town. Right. But most of the buildings in the old town, which of course are on the old Oxford Road, mm. um, are coaching inns, yes. are old coaching inns, and, you, and the arches are still there, and you can see where yeah. the coaches went in and out. Wow. Yeah, exactly the same for the one in in Reading. Yeah. In fact, it's in there with the balcony still round, mm. and it's it's amazing. It's still standing, to be honest with you. But this is it's a lovely little book. This, and if you go to countrysidebooks.co.uk, you can have a look at some of the other things they do. They've done some wonderful books, which we featured on the program because they're about the history of London and anything that's educational. Uh, and it's historical, I'm all in favour of. Uh, Daily Star this morning, uh, only the Daily Star, and I think one other paper picked up on the fact that Robbie Williams has got a brand new album out. So to celebrate the fact, and because he'd become a porker, he's had to lose weight and go on a crash diet, and people are saying, oh, doesn't he look good? I thought, well, of course he does, he's got an album to promote. And so he's in the paper today. Um, what, What is the album like? I've got no idea. We'll have to wait and see. The last one bombed, I'm afraid. I still think the best one he did was Swing While You're Singing. Yeah. Sing While You're Swinging or whatever yeah. it was. The trouble is, he, he actually ended up with that 80 million quid, uh, which, to be honest with you, a record company can do to save itself from going under. And he needs a hit. He's not going to have anything apart from Angels to go on. Nobody's ever... I mean, there's a couple of other songs he's had, and I know that fans of his will be, will be sort of looking forward to it. But to be honest with you, it's not, it's not selling enough. Mm. I think you can download it from the internet. Which is quite interesting. He's also thinking of setting up with his uh, friend, Jonathan Wilkes, some acting schools, and they're hoping that some of their... Exactly, I know. <laughs> I've, I've laughed as well. But um, they're hoping some of their showbiz pals will go along and help them out. Mm. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jonathan Wilkes, acting. Hello. Something's gone wrong here, isn't it? And they've, they've laid Bobby Robson to rest. Michael Jackson's still above ground, Bobby Robson underneath the ground, and well done to them. They've, uh, they've done it secretly. Well, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Michael Jackson on tour yet. Well, do you know what they're going to do? They're, they're now negotiating to put all the clips of his rehearsal together That's to make right. a DVD. Yeah, with uh, Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Amazing. Well, as, as I said before, or they said after Elvis died, good career move. He was, he was broke. And uh, Michael Jackson is generating more in death than he certainly was in life, many due to the, uh, the family who are milking it as much as they can get out of it. And I just find it absolutely amazing. Uh, Angela says, you and June Brown in conversation. That'll be a laugh. I'm looking forward to that, actually. It'll be great. It should be very good indeed. And Brian in Hampton Hill says, what do you call a girl on the horizon? Answer, dot. Thank you very much indeed. It's the best you're going to get this morning. (laughs) 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 Who do we save in Big Brother? I've got no idea. You sent it in yesterday. I said, yes, I've got no idea. Kind of waste of time to send it in twice, isn't it? A little bit dark. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? (laughs) Exactly, who cares? As long as as that dreadful... There's a horrible woman called B on there. And there was a bit in one of the papers today that she asked David... Um, why he was being horrible to her. Or sorry, if, if he liked her. And the answer was no. And so the, uh, the paper have said, uh, for, for, for an answer as to why nobody likes you, have a look at your videos. She's quite revolting. I mean, she really is. Even Amanda doesn't like her, and she's sort of fairly, fairly lenient with most is people. Is she the one that tells lies? Well, oh, I don't know. She, she says, oh, I know everybody in the street, and I'm a party girl, and I know all the people on the party circuit. I'm thinking, you're a bore. 
You're a bore. Go away. You're a silly little girl with obviously nothing between her ears at all. Don't like her. Have you got a very quick one for me? Very quick one. A Chinese farmer, back in China again. There we go. With only basic school education, has made his own helicopter out of wood. No. His name is Wu Zongyuan. Not Wu. He's only oh, 20. Oh, blimey. <laughs> in China's Henan province, took nearly three months to complete his homemade aircraft. He says he used memories of middle school physics lessons to make the machine, which claims uh, to fly to a height of 800 metres. He said he, di- he didn't have a design. Uh, the only source for me to get relevant knowledge was surfing the internet via my mobile phone, he says. Blades are made from an elm tree, the engine is from a motorcycle, and the frame is reinforced with steel pipes. This thing flies. This thing flies, there it is. Unbelievable. We should fly now. And Oh, lovely, thank you. And uh, just to reaffirm, just in case you've forgotten, Ronnie Biggs is still alive. We thought he died last week, but no, he's still going. So uh, no fears there that we have to release him. He might as well stay where he is. He's, he's a lot happier there. Paul, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Paul Savory is back with us next week on the programme. Nice to welcome new listeners to the programme and to the station, which is always helpful and uh, certainly is for us. So we look forward to your company again tomorrow morning. Nick's with you after the news, which is next. If you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen, you can have a look at our small rogues gallery at the moment of some of the people who listen in the early hours of the morning. And we can add your picture to it as well. Just send them to steve at lbc.co.uk. Talk to you tomorrow, same time, after the news. It's Nick Ferrari on LBC. I was working for a tyre fitting company. 